Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I was meditating on what, what would I have been like back then, during Jesus' time. You know, who would I have been in that mix when he showed up? Would I have been that person that was at his feet? You know, would I have been that person who's like, oh, okay, whatever, you know, and just didn't care? You know, and so I was meditating on that. And, you know, I realized that people saw Jesus, like a lot of people saw Jesus. You know, we hear of, you know, some decent, pretty decent numbers, especially back then, of people who got ministered to by Jesus. But a lot more people heard of him and saw him that did not follow him and really didn't care. And I realized there was a lot of people that heard him and they just completely missed it. I realized, you know what? People aren't ready. People are not ready. And they're not ready for revival. I realized just by meditating on that, I realized those people weren't ready. What did God do? God God gave all the scriptures just as Brother Joe Morris said, flawlessly pointing to Jesus. But then it's like he went the extra mile. He sent John the Baptist. And let's read, let's read John 1, 1. I'm going to start all the way back. In the beginning was, these are some of my favorite scriptures. I probably read have read John more than anything else in the Bible. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 
No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Now, this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? So he must have been getting quite a bit of attention if they're sending people to find out. What is this guy saying and what is he doing? Because people were listening to him. Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, nope, I am not. Are you the prophet? Nope. Then he said to them, then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? They said, what are we going to tell them? We got to go back and tell them something. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, now those who were sent were from the Pharisees and they asked him saying, why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Okay, actually, I'm going to stop there and I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. It's really strange. It always buffers. It's doing that buffering thing that I said when I go back and forth. Okay, so go back to... John one twenty three. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Then go really quick to Isaiah 40, verse 3. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places, places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So as I was meditating on this, I realized that there were people all over that there were, there were people, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there are people who witnessed his miracles and heard about him and who did not receive. And that bothered me. So I spent time praying about it. Um, Pastor Greg talked this morning about 2020 and how crazy it's been. Um, you know, the devil's just stirred up a whole bunch of stuff. But... God can always come in and use when he does stupid stuff. And I hope that a lot of you during the time, it was a, it was a big slowdown for a lot of us. Now, I know not everyone. Some of y'all, it got a little crazy because your kids were home and you were not used to that. But you weren't having to run to this ball game and that basketball game. And so it really, we did have more time. And we had a really great opportunity to spend more time with the Lord and praying. Um, you know, so I hope a lot of people really took advantage of that. When stuff like that happens, when things, things get off tilt, I mean, we should be running to the Lord anyway. But it was an awesome, awesome opportunity. And I know a lot of you uh, really picked up in your prayers and praying for the nation specifically. And it's, it's so good. I mean, our prayers are working. Amen? But, you know, God knew this was going to happen. 
This was not a surprise to him. And, you know, God knows that people aren't ready. And I believe he's readying us to ready them. I believe it's a really big thing that he's emphasizing to us right now. We, we can't ready them if we're not in the right place. So how do we know that they're not ready? And how do we know that people need to be prepared? Well, if John had to prepare people for the first coming of Jesus, I personally believe we must prepare people for the second arrival. We must prepare them for the wave of glory and revival that's coming. I believe in my heart that is a huge job that we have right now. I, for me personally, I'm, I'm always so focused on, yeah, we're going to have this revival, and it's going to be epic. It is going to be epic. It, but I'm so focused on that. We're going to have signs and wonders, and it's going to be it's just going to be amazing. God's going to do things that are just going to blow our minds. And I think I need to take a step back and and not focus so much on that, but focus on what job I have right now. Because that, what we're praying for and waiting for, it's not here yet. You know, some people say we're, we're in the tip of it. We're, you know, it's right around the corner. Whatever it is, we're not in it yet. We've got a job to do now. And we have a job to prepare people. Um, will people recognize Jesus works in the earth? When these things start happening, will they? If people aren't prepared, they won't believe. If they're not prepared, they won't believe. Somebody's got to do like John did. We need to pray and make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. Crooked places shall be made straight and rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Those are things that we can do through prayer to prepare people. I had some personal experiences with this, and this is also what got me thinking about it, was um, I prayed for someone at the school uh, two or three years ago. And this, this boy had a crooked, his foot was crooked. But he loved to play soccer, and he still did, but he would get in pain from time to time because it wasn't, wasn't the way it should have been. And so um, I had, I think I had prayed for another kid that was sick. I was like, hey, you know, I always tell him, I give him my testimony. I just tell him, hey, you know, I pray for my kids and they get better. You know, I can pray for you. But I, I learned really quickly to not just grab a kid and be like, I'm going to pray for you right now. I've had like zero success with that. I'm just going to tell you right now. If I get their permission and they want to, and they're like, okay, total different story. I don't know. I feel like I'm so dumb. I'm <laughs> like, how many years did it take me to figure this out when it comes to ministering to people? <clears throat> I'm sure that would never happen to you guys. Never. <laughs> So anyway, so this kid saw me praying for someone. He's like, wow. He goes, well, 
can you pray for me? He actually asked me for it. He said, my ankle, it hurts. And I'm like, okay. At the time, I didn't know his foot was crooked. Like, <laughs> like I thought he was kind of walking on it funny, you know, because it, it hurt. I thought maybe he hurt it in a, a soccer game. Or Anyway, long story short, I prayed for him. And like the next day, he was like, wow, it is so much better. And he was, he was walking different. And, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. And later I heard the story about how his foot was like crooked from birth. And I'm like, man, that was like amazing. He was excited. Then I'm like, I've seen the mom like a million times at the school. <laughs> and I've tried to invite him to church and different things. And I'm like, what does she think happened? <laughs> so there's two things that happen. That can happen when you pray for somebody. Um, People receive a tangible miracle, and they get really excited. We've seen this. We've seen this here. We've seen people come up, get healed of cancer, and they're they're excited. They are praising God, and they're on fire for the Lord, and then they're gone in like a month, and we never see them again. And we don't even know if they're in church anymore. That's, That's one thing that happens. The other thing that happens, which I think is what happened with this boy and his family, was they receive a miracle and then they just blow it off as coincidence. Like, well, I just guess it got better. You know, we don't want any of that. (laughs) We want Jesus to shine. (laughs) We we want people to recognize me like, yes, you know, that is God. That is Jesus. Jesus. We want it to point the way to him every time. You know, during, um, if you all heard of Brother Branham, what was his, what was his first name? Branham. William Branham? Was it William? I think it was William. Anyway, Brother Branham, back during the healing revival. Um, lots of great people during the healing revival. He, he, was most known for his uh, words, words of knowledge. And, I mean, he could tell someone, he would, people would get in line and he would get up there and he would tell them, like, you were at this place at this time yesterday and, like, very, very, very specific. You know, you were wearing this yesterday or just, he just had really um, very, like, perfect, it was, it was crazy words of knowledge and, People were just amazed. Well, people would get in line for healing. He would call them up, and he would start that. And when he started that, they would lose about half of the line because there were people in there that did not want their mail read. Some, you know, I know one particular time he said, you know, you know, I see you and you were at your neighbor's house with the neighbor's wife yesterday. Someone you were, you know, you get the picture. And probably 75% of the line went back and sat down. <laughs> Those people were not prepared. <laughs> they were not prepared how to respond when God was moving. God was moving and they, they didn't know how to handle it. They didn't respond appropriately. You know what they should have done? They should have just repented where, wherever they were at in line. Said, man, I am sorry. I repent 
stayed in line, received from God, and then have been, you know, they'd have been different forever. But it didn't go down that way. And the healing revival fizzled out. It, did, it lasted for, I don't know, maybe 14 years or something. It lasted for a while. It went 1946 up into the 50s, and then, and then it, it fizzled out. And there's a lot of different reasons why, but I do think that's an aspect that's not been talked about. People need to, we've got to pray for people to be interested in God, hungry for God. We've got to point to, if, if John the Baptist had to prepare people and preach to pave the way for Jesus to walk on this earth, then we have a job to do, to prepare people. We absolutely do. Turn to John 1, 29. You know, what's interesting is how did John do it? Now, a lot of people say, oh, he was crazy. He had crazy hair and he was living in the woods. And if you watch anything on TV about him, that's what you're going to see. Um, he had crazy results, though. <laughs> you know, I believe every disciple heard him. And there is a scripture, for time's sake, I'm not going to go to it, where one says, yeah, he, he heard John speaking about Jesus. And he showed up and, you know, became one of the disciples. He was prepared. He was ready. He was expecting Looking forward, expecting Jesus. He was prepared. So one of the main things John preached was repentance. And I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of that. Um, Brother Randy Greer talked about this during our meetings in uh, Dayton, Tennessee. And Pastor, you know, he may want to talk about all that, so I don't want to go into it too much. But John Baptist preached repentance and you're like, well, how does that prepare people? Well, people were ready in their hearts for the Lord. You know, when you repent and you get things right with God, it's like that whole veil is just ripped down. Your heart is softened. You're ready. You're ready to receive. You're humbling yourself. You're humbling, humbling yourself by repenting. You're ready to receive whatever God has for you. You're ready. And so it makes sense to me now. The more I thought about it, the more I'm like, wow, you know, it must have seemed crazy. It seems crazy to do something like that. Look at today. Do we have people in the majority, I'm not talking about here, but the majority of churches across the U.S., they're preaching the opposite. <laughs> they're preaching do whatever and you're fine because grace has got you covered. That doesn't ready people for the Lord. Those people are not prepared for signs and wonders. They are not. You know, after I got back in fellowship with the Lord, my personal situation, the very first thing I did was repent. I'm like, God, I have been living so selfish. I've been doing my own thing, and none of it was godly. And I, am, I just repented. And... <clears throat> After that, you know, before that, I didn't see God anywhere and anything. After I repented, I began seeing him everywhere, everywhere. I was, it was amazing. It was such an amazing, I mean, it was like the fog was just lifted that I'd been living in for years. 
could see God in everything. I was ready, ready for him. So you guys are at John one twenty nine. So pay attention here to the revelation John had. The Lamb of God. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, John knew, he knew, he had a revelation of Jesus. He knew his cousin was the sacrifice. He knew. You don't preach sin and repentance without having the most magnificent answer on the other side, right? John knew. He knew. These people, they will repent and they'll be ready and they're going to receive. And the ones who heard him did. I believe that they did. I believe that he had an effect. But where this ties into us, you know, We have an assignment, and we have a job to do to prepare people. You know, Brother Hagen, it's interesting to me that when his mom was pregnant, and she was really struggling, the Lord visited her and talked to her about her son and said, you need to name him John. You know, it's interesting, and, she, and he actually told her he's going to prepare the way for Jesus' second coming. I find it really interesting, you know, the parallel in that and what, what he prepared us. Pastor Greg was talking about faith last week, and we do everything by faith. But we, we, if we're going to operate in signs and wonders and in miracles We have to do it by faith. We have to, have to, have to. You have to learn it. You have to get it. You've got to get it for yourself. Either if you're like, well, that's not me. You know, I'm a sideline person. You can pray in faith. You've got to pray. When you pray, you've got to use your faith for that. If you feel like you're that person, that's, that's fine. Do, do what God's laid on your heart. But I find it really interesting that faith was something that he's put into all of us. And it's something that we're getting to share and we're going to be able to help prepare other people. Amen? So how, what do we do to ready people? Well, how do we prepare? And my number one answer, I told Greg, I said, I don't have all the answers to this. But I do know that we need to pray. I know that we don't need to preach that there is no sin. I can tell you that for sure. (laughs) Number one. Number two, and um, I don't know if it's been a year now or six months, but in the youth, um, we have youth prayer. It's great. And um, I had just, uh, Pastor Greg was out of town. And I just really had it in my heart to talk to them about, talk to the youth about praying for hunger for the kids, teenagers. Sorry, guys, teenagers. I'm not supposed to say kids. Anyway, I say kids because I deal with kids more than teenagers on a daily basis at the school. But it was really big in my heart to pray for hunger. Philippians 2.13 
For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So that scripture, it stands out to me because, well, people have free will. You hear people say that. They've got free will, so you can only pray. And you can pray that God will work on their will. You absolutely can. Yes, in the end they do, but God can move on it. God, that power can be greatly made available to work on their will. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So we can pray that people's will, that it will change. But I talked to them more. I said, we've got to pray for hunger to begin to arise. I realized, Pastor Greg, like every week he's ministering. It's like he's putting together this amazing, think of like the most amazing dinner you've ever had. And it's got all your favorite things on it. And he's just handing it to them every week. And they're, if they're not hungry, they're just like, and some of these teenagers, it has no effect. They're not hungry. If you're not hungry, you're not going to eat it. If you're hungry and that hunger begins to arise in you, you'll take whatever's in front of you. You're going to take it all. And we need it all. Amen? So one of the things I told them was pray for a hunger to begin to stir in your friends, in people you're inviting, in the group itself, the ones who come all the time, pray for a hunger to rise. And it's not so, you know, I'm bringing it up about them. I believe that's important for us too. We've got to pray for hunger. People have got to be hungry. They'll be ready to receive, ready to hear what you have to say if they're hungry. Three, pray that God would prepare hearts for this coming season. Four, pray that the eyes of people's hearts would be open, specifically for Christians everywhere. I don't want Christians. There's going to be Christians who miss out, who miss what's even happening in this end time. They will. I don't want it to happen. You know, I say pray for the eyes of people's hearts. Your, your heart has eyes, the eyes of your understanding. You can be a Christian and your eyes are shut, shut tight, and you're missing it all. We've got to pray their eyes are open. The eyes of their understanding are open. I don't want anybody to miss this. Number five, and we do this when we pray anyway, but rebuke the blindness in the world. Take authority over it. And you can do this where you work, specifically in people you know. Rebuke that blindness. Take authority over it because they are walking in blindness. I remember what that's like. My sister administered to me and it was just bouncing off. I was totally blind in total confusion. Didn't hear it, didn't receive it. Now she, I know she prayed some of these things for me and I, my eyes did get open and I got hungry because I know she prayed for me. But listen, We have an assignment. We, I believe, have an assignment to prepare people for this coming season, for this coming time, which is also for the coming of the Lord. And 
our eyes need to be open, expecting him. You know, I meant to talk to John about this before. Um, but, and I don't want this to sound really, really sobering and heavy, but it's truth. You know, a harvest, a farmer, they plant a crop and the crop comes up and it's full and it's ready. You know, that farmer can screw it up. (laughs) He can screw it up. He cannot harvest it right. We've got to do this right. We have to get it right this time. We have to, have to, have to. And let me grab my phone. I actually added one more thing on here that, that I wrote down. You know, our prayers are absolutely, absolutely working. This is where it is. So I had written this down. Oh, yeah. Because if you realize the way our country, the way things have been going on in the last six months, I mean, if you think about it, think about how stupid we look as a country. So divided. That opens us up to attack Attack from the enemy, but attack from other countries. We're still okay. (laughs) We're here. We're doing it. We're making it through this. God's got our back because we are praying. It's not by accident. The exposure that we have right now, I'm like, I'm just amazed that we've not had another country just be like, they're such fools. You know, let's take this wonderful opportunity and do something really, really bad. Don't. Whether you believe it or not, China has already tried that. (laughs) But we're not going to go into all that. So, you know, we're kind of like the opposite in the Bible of Caleb and Joshua. You know, we we actually do. We look like the grasshoppers (laughs) in everyone's sight. But God is protecting us. You know, it's because of our prayers. It's because of the prayers of the saints. And it's so important that, that we pray these things. It's so on my heart. You know, the Holy Ghost always helps us pray when we don't know what to pray. But, you know, when you're praying in the Spirit, you should be interpreting your prayers from time to time. You should. You should be seeking to if you're not. Because there's things we have to speak out and we have to declare over our, whatever it is we're praying about. And I believe these are very specific things that we've got to add to what we're praying when we're praying for our town. Don't, don't just pray for the nation. Pray for your town, your, where your, your community also, and pray for your state. So that's really what I have on my heart tonight is just, just pray. Um, did you have something you wanted to add or? Okay. Um, so we're going to spend a few minutes praying tonight. Amen. Mike, if you want to, well, there you are. <laughs> Led by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> He's so awesome. All right, let's pray. Father God, we love you. 
If you guys want to get out of your seats and move and get comfortable, do it, please. Just remember, you know, you keep kind of separate. But if you want to move around, please do it. Lord, we honor you tonight. We love you. We know you love us. We know you love our country. We know that we have epic, epic times coming. And Lord, we thank you that you're speaking to us and laying on our hearts what we need to pray because we don't want anybody to miss this. We don't want anybody to miss what you're planning to do. You're so good, Lord. So we pray tonight. We honor you. We honor your word. We thank you for speaking to us in your word and through your word. We thank you for the examples that you've given us, examples in the Old Testament. We thank you for current examples. We thank you, Lord, that we can pray. We can pray for a hunger to begin to arise in all those that we come in contact with and people in this community, people in our state, and people in our nation, and people in this world. We ask, you said we don't have because we don't ask. We ask that a hunger would begin to be stirred, begin to be stirred so people would begin to be ready, ready to hear from you, ready to see you. When you do something, they'll see it and they'll know it was you. They'll know, oh, that's God. And they will run to you and they won't miss it and they won't miss you and they'll be ready. They'll be ready for everything you have and they'll be ready. They'll be ready when Jesus comes back to take us. They'll be so ready. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your spirit moving in this earth today. We thank you for the great power that's been made available and all that you're already doing. But we ask for more. We ask for more. We ask that you'd be able to move and be able to speak. The signs and wonders would begin to unfold and, and the people would be ready. People would be ready. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.